Today's reading is from Acts 19, 1-20. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were about twelve men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, so Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and the Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them a such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Many of those who believed now came open confessedly there of their evil deeds. A number who have practised sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread wildly and grew in power. Well, what a great Bible passage to look at as we see God doing powerful things through the Apostle Paul. It's a great Bible passage to look at with so much in it. And as I was looking at it and reading through it, I was reminded of the revival uh, that happened in the Hebrides. So 1949, a revival that hit uh, Scotland, the Hebrides revival, where two elderly ladies were just praying and praying and praying, crying out to God for God to do something in power. And God really did move in power. People were falling to their knees, crying out to Jesus, wanting to follow him, wanting to know more about him. Churches would be rammed with people just piling in, wanting to pray, wanting to meet with Jesus. Fishermen that were out at sea would be drawn in and would just find somebody to lead them to Jesus, to become a follower of Jesus. I remember last year I went to the anniversary, the 70th anniversary of the Hebridean uh, revival. And I went up with a, a couple of guys from Try Praying. 
And the place that we stayed in, in the, uh, the B&B, had a, a little fireplace. I'm going to be honest, I took a fire lighter and some matches. And when I was going to these meetings, I placed them in my top pocket of my shirt that was closest to my heart. And I put it in there and I was crying out to God. I was like, Lord, set me on fire. Lord Jesus, set my heart on fire. Lord, I want to experience power like that. I want to see power like that. The power of God poured out on people. I want to see it. I want to experience it. Now, it's probably a good thing that I didn't stand next to anybody outside who was maybe smoking a cigarette or something because I probably would have literally caught on fire with all the fumes and the firelighters in my pocket. And it's a wonder the people around me didn't smell it. But I was desperate, desperate for God to come, to minister to me, to fill me with his power, that I could burn with power and passion for God. In the Bible passage we've looked at, we see God doing a powerful thing, a unique thing through the Apostle Paul. We see that the Apostle Paul comes and he meets some uh, disciples, people that have been baptised by John the Baptist. We see that he lays hands on them. He, he prays over them that they would receive the Holy Spirit and powerful things happen. We see that in verse 10, that the Apostle Paul, he, he, he speaks for, for two years. After a little bit of discouragement, he, he moves on and, and begins to speak for two years. And all the people that lived in the province of Asia heard about God. God was doing powerful things, some unique things. It's really key that actually, if we look at verse 11, in verse 11, there's, there's two words. It says, God did extraordinary, miraculous things through the Apostle Paul. It was God that did it. God did some amazing, miraculous, extraordinary things through the Apostle Paul at that time. It's a unique thing. And actually we see that it was so powerful. God was using Paul so powerfully that even bits of cloth and handkerchiefs that had been touching Paul's body were laid on people that weren't there who were sick. People were set free from evil spirits. Now, the commentaries, they call this um, the sweat rags miracles, the sweat rag miracles. And basically what it would have been is Paul was a tent maker. He would have been hot. He would have been doing things. The rags that he would have wore that tied around his, his wrist and his waist, he would have been wiping the sweat from his brow and they would be taking them and laying them on people. A little bit like a personal trainer and the sweat bands that they would wipe the sweat from. God was doing a unique thing. People were being healed, set free from these handkerchiefs, these, these bits of cloth that had been touching Paul's body. Now the danger is, the difficulty is that we can get caught up in the method. We can get caught up and, and make something that God was doing quite unique and miraculous. We can see it as the key thing, the magic thing. It's all about the handkerchief. It's all about this piece of cloth, this magical piece of cloth. Now you can actually buy um, some handkerchiefs, some anointed handkerchiefs online. You can get 200 for $63. Now I'm not knocking it. I think it's a lovely heart. I think that, you know, the heart is in it. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely, beautiful thing. But God was doing something unique at that time. God was doing something powerful at that time through the Apostle Paul. People were being... Um, they were improvising and they were taking cloths and handkerchiefs and stuff to people that were sick that couldn't get to Paul. But it wasn't about the handkerchiefs. 
It wasn't about the magical pieces of cloth. God was doing a unique thing. God was doing it. I wonder, as we think about the situation and the time that we're in, what unique thing is God doing at this time with us, in us, in what is a challenging time, a difficult time, but also an incredible time, a time of opportunity. God's always done unique things. He's always done new things with new people and rose people up and, and situations up and used it for his glory. We can see that God speaks through the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah 43, verse 19, the prophet Isaiah says, Do you not see? Do you not perceive it? Behold, God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And as we think about the time that we're in, we're never fully going to know the mind of God. We're never fully going to know what God is doing. But we get glimpses. We see things that we, we suspect actually God might be in this. Some of the amazing, miraculous things that we hear. You know, people are, are joining church online that would never normally set foot in a building. Church attendance in that way has gone up. People checking things out. People looking at Alpha, which is a, a vehicle, a, an opportunity for people to explore faith and to, to, to discover who Jesus is. Alpha courses are full. There's churches that are running the Alpha course every single day. God's doing an incredible thing. Churches are coming together and singing blessings over the country, over their nation. Recently, 300 churches uh, in Ireland came together for the first time in history, came together to sing online a blessing over their land. And we've seen that here in the UK too. In fact, the, the Prime Minister gave an award to the people involved in gathering that together to say thank you for singing a blessing over us. Thank you for the good that you are doing. On a very personal note, I, I've been able to uh, call with, with um, around 45 uh, pastors and leaders uh, in Edinburgh coming together and praying first thing in the morning on a Thursday. I wouldn't have done that had we not been in the situation that we are in. It seems that God is doing a unique, incredible thing here at this time in our midst. The danger too is that we can do all these things and, and try and whip something up and do something in our own strength. You know, in verse 13, the Bible passage we just looked at, we see that some Jewish people, they were probably exorcists, they were people, Jewish people, that would engage in this sort of stuff, that they did it in their own strength. They took it upon themselves to evoke the name of Jesus. They went around trying to do some things, set people free from evil spirits. We see this really quite interesting narrative story that goes on there because they try to do this and the evil spirit turns to them and they say, well, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but, but who are you? And the, the evil spirit turns on these Jewish people, these Jewish exorcists, turns on them, beats them. Try to do something in their own strength, not in the name of Jesus, not empowered by the Spirit of God. 
My prayer is that we have eyes to see what might God be doing at this time in our lives? What might God be doing in our land? What might God be doing at this time? And to say to God, I want to be part of that. I want to get involved in that. But I don't want to do it in my own strength. I want to do it with the power of God. I want to be do it being filled with the presence, the power, the Holy Spirit of God to do these things. You know, the Edinburgh Crest, we read, it's on the Edinburgh Crest and on official documents. It's, it's carved in uh, a, monument, on a monument on uh, Carlton Hill that it says that without God, without the Lord, there's frustration. It's taken actually from Psalm 127, which says, unless the Lord builds the house, the, labors build, uh, the builders labour in vain. If we do it on our own strength, we're doing it in vain. We're not going to succeed. We will be frustrated. We need to do what we do in the power of God. We need to discern and listen and pray and be have all ears face to God. Say, God, let me hear and see what you are doing. What new thing are you doing? What unique thing are you doing? And how can I get behind that? How can I get involved in that? In the power of God. Of God and do it through the power of God. Let me just pray. Lord, I thank you that you are doing a new thing, Lord. You've always done new things and we thank you for what you are doing. We pray that we would have eyes to see it, ears to hear it, that Lord would have hearts to follow it, that we would long to see the power of God poured out in our land, in our lives, through us, Lord Jesus, that you do amazing, miraculous things, Lord God. And that, Father, we would get involved in it. And as we engage with people online and people around us, we would do what we do in the power of God, empowered by you, by your Spirit, we pray. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you love us, Lord Jesus. We say yes and amen to all that you are doing at this time. Amen.